This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. In this season, best-selling author Lisa Waisaki, along with Purina's teams of PhD equine nutritionists and some very special guests, take you on a journey through many jobs a horse can do and how to feed for each job. You'll come away entertained along with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your favorite equine companions. Welcome to the Horse Nutrition Podcast. We have such a great show for you today with the story of an extraordinary horse who helps veterans heal in a very special way. We'll learn about this horse and about a unique equine-based veterans program from Megan Hill McQueenie. She's the president of Braveheart's Therapeutic Riding and Educational Center with two locations, one in Harvard, Illinois, and another in Poplar Grove, Illinois. I'm Lisa Wysocki in Ashland City, Tennessee. I'm an award-winning author, editor, equine clinician, and motivational speaker who trains horses for and consults with therapeutic riding programs. And I am your host for Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. Today, we bring you the story of Booyah. He's an older Mustang who helps veterans heal. According to the latest national statistics... Up to 30% of veterans are affected by post-traumatic stress, and more than 20 veterans take their own lives each and every day. And the veteran population accounts for 18% of all suicide deaths in the United States. But horses can come to the rescue. We've all heard about the incredible benefits that happen when veterans work with horses. But no one knows this better than the veterans who receive services at Bravehearts. Bravehearts provides all kinds of equine-assisted therapies, but today we'll learn more about how they care for their veterans and the importance of good nutrition. Now, Megan, I've heard that Bravehearts has the largest equine-based program in the nation for military veterans. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Braveheart started servicing veterans in 2007. And every year since we have continually grown. Um, Last year, we served over a 1000 individual veterans in over 16,000 equine sessions. That's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I just can't even imagine it. And, you know, I'm really interested. I went to your website. I'm really interested in your very unique trail to zero program. What's that? all about? Yeah, we have lots of different um, programs for the veterans um, that are all designed based on, you know, feedback and uh, us really um, wanting to serve the veterans and meet their needs. And Mm -hmm. we learned, you know, through the veterans, you know, how in this country, in the United States, we lose 20 to 22 veterans a day to suicide. Oh, that's so so sad. Yeah. And, you know, it weighs so heavy on obviously so many people and so many families across the country. And so our veterans and some of our staff all came up with the idea that we wanted to do something to create not only more awareness to this, you know, epidemic that our country faces with losing Mm -hmm. so many veterans every day, but also, you know, the answer of of equine therapy and how many veterans have told us how the horses have, you know, completely turned their lives around. And so we decided to ride 20 miles in honor of the veterans we lose and, and letting the public know. And so the first year we did it just in New York City, 
we laugh wow. about, you know, hey, go big <laughs> or go home, right? No better place to start. Right. So started in Central Park and we ride up through Times Square into Ground Zero and key parts of New York City. We do it all on horseback. We do it with veterans. Then the second year we added Washington, D.C., then last year we added, uh, we completed New York City, Washington, D.C., and also Chicago. And this year we've added Houston and we'll also add Lexington onto our um, major cities that we're covering in, across the country. Oh, wow. And I think what's really neat from what I understand, you get a lot of support from the local mounted police units and police departments. And I mean, you get people that are cheering you on along the sidelines. Absolutely. The, the mounted police units, I can't say enough great things about the NYPD mounted and the Chicago mounted, um, DC, uh, Lexington is, is we're planning our route right now for 2020 and Houston mounted um, have just been unbelievable in their support and their assistance. They do everything from helping us you know, design the routes to providing the protection and the escorts. And it's just an awesome thing because, you know, so many police officers are also veterans and or also deal with PTSD and, and trauma. And so really right. there's a common bond of between our veterans and between the police officers and, and a love for horses. Yeah. And now do you use your regular therapy horses for this program, for these these long rides through downtown metropolitan areas? Yes, ma'am, we do. Trail to Zero is um, all about our veterans actually riding our our horses that serve in our programs. Many of those are Mustangs that our veterans have helped gentle. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll use those horses. We'll work on conditioning them. You know, that's when our feed program is such a huge part of their preparation mm -hmm. and just really making sure um, that the horses are, you know, more than ready for their one day. It's it's basically um, a day that we prepare for 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 months, um, making sure that the horses are physically, mentally, you know, prepared to deal with cities and crowds, and you know, even so much as their footwear and what they wear, you know, traveling on so many different surfaces, from concrete to asphalt to you know all the different street grids that we'll come across in New York City and in Chicago and major cities. And then how do you condition a horse mentally for something like this? Because I'm at a therapeutic riding center myself, and I know that very often it's quiet and it's nothing like New York City or downtown Houston. How do you get a horse ready for that? We do a lot of exposure to our horses and, you know, we're blessed in the fact that we do have so many people at our farms from participants to volunteers. And so the horses get to see and do a lot of different things. We also have two separate farms. So our horses can, sometimes we have commuters, they'll go back and forth between the different farms. We do a lot of volunteer trainings. We have various levels. Um, we have an advanced leader training program and a mentor program. And again, we do a lot of training and preparing the horses with just, uh, try, we try to come up with as crazy of scenarios as possible and just working with the horse and building trust. I'll tell you what, it paid off because when you're riding underneath the L in Chicago, that that train comes across or you're going into, you know, Times Squares with, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to see how our horses are absolute consummate professionals. And, you know, I attribute a lot of it to 
you know, the fact that our horses at Bravehearts, you know, they are around wheelchair lifts. They are around you right. know, so many things in the therapeutic setting that lend itself for, you know, our, our horses go into the cities and, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on wood here, but I'm very well prepared. And, you know, I was so honored with the NYPD mounted um, said, you know, we didn't think anybody else's horses could do this, but ours were just, you know, so honored to see how successful your horses have been doing this. And, you know, I believe in the herd mentality. I'm a big believer that if we have one or two phenomenally lead horses up in the front, which we do, we're blessed to have those horses that are so confident and such consummate professionals about their job. You know, the, the, the herd usually follows right in line with, um, with those horses. And and we're also smart about our lineup. We, we put our horses, you know, senior, junior, senior, junior, and, and we have a special lineup and so forth. So we do a lot of prepare preparation to make sure that our horses are, constantly surrounded by, um, you know, setting them up to be successful. I think it really does come all the way back down to trust, because if a horse trusts his or her human veteran at your property, then they're also going to trust them in downtown Washington, D.C. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the beautiful exchange right there of, you know, trying to get um, individuals to be able to trust their horses, and then it's reciprocated. And, you know, it starts for us, you know, when we first get the horses and spending time, you know, doing the right groundwork in the round pen, you know, doing that critical foundation horsemanship and everything just builds from that, that foundation, that those strong fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now while this particular horse is not part of your Trail to Zero program. I want to talk about a specific horse that you brought into your veteran program. He's an older horse and he has a whole host of challenges when you got him. And and I'm just so blown away by this story. Uh, His name is Booya. And first of all, where did you find him? We actually got him in Rock Springs after the checkerboard gather. And we got him in, uh, I believe it was 2004, or sorry, 2015, in the beginning of the year in 2015 is when we got him. He was, he was captured in October in 2014 from Saltwells Creek, um, that, age, that herd management area. And so we went to adopt a group of wild horses. It was our second group of Mustangs that we were going to go look for, and we spotted him in in the in the pens that the Bureau of Land Management had and just like instantly fell in love with with him. They did not want you to adopt this horse, correct? Yeah, that's correct. He actually um he 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 was blue roan and he just, you know, absolutely spectacular. Um about 14 hands, pretty stealthy in the herd, you know, he he would position himself so you could barely catch a glimpse of him because he was so smart and how he'd maneuver and, and kind of position himself in between other horses. But every time we'd get to peek at him, you know, amongst these hundreds of horses in the pen, you know, he just had this gorgeous mane that dripped off his shoulder and his forelock, you know, wow. covered his eyes and was just quite spectacular. But when we went in to tell the the number, his neck tag that was on his neck tag, um, you know, they, they said, um, you know, that, that horse is 20 years old, probably don't have enough patience and you probably don't have enough facility to, um, to, you know, to take him. And, and, uh, I was with a, a, a handful of veterans and of course that was all that I think we, we, our team needed to hear. And we were all in, we said, okay, then that's the one for us. So, um, so we boldly, uh, and bravely brought him home, um, back to Braveheart. We had a, 
we asked a donor to um, to get behind him and to help support his costs. They named him Booyah. They gave him that name and um, wanted to come down and see him after the first week that we had him. And, you know, being a stallion that long in the wild, because obviously he was um, gelded before, before we brought him home, he had a lot of stud tendencies, was just quite a vision to see, not like no other horse I've ever in my career gotten to be around, um, almost had, you know, a behavior like a bull, just constantly wanted to escape and, you know, get away and just had this amazing presence to him. Like he, he knew he was the boss. When you had him at home, where, where uh-huh. did you keep him? Yes, ma'am. We had um, stalls that we set up for our wild horses. We brought in five and then we actually made shoots um, through panels and we tarped the panels. So again, they couldn't see, you know, holes or, or, or areas that they might want to try to to get through. We ran that those panels into our indoor arena. And then we had round pens within the indoor arenas to, to turn the horses out safely and to be able to uh, begin to gentle them. And so, so now he's home and he's in his little enclosure. What happens next? How do you get him so that he's more comfortable around people? He was obviously of, of the group. We've done now two groups and he was definitely the most complicated, most difficult, even just looking at him, just the pressure of your eyes would just send him to the back of the stall where he would just almost quiver. Um, Just, you know, quiver with, with worry. If you just went to slide the stall door open, he was, you know, bold enough to, um, to think that you, he would drop his nose and, and be trying to sort his way on how he could escape. So what we did was we had vets who, you know, believed in him. They saw themselves in him, um, that hypervigilance and that constant state of self-preservation that so many of our veterans could really identify with. Veterans just started to offer up their time to just be with him. And I remember, I think on day two, a veteran just, you know, eating, eating breakfast outside the round pen you know, reading newspapers with him, just doing, just being in his presence just to help him acclimate. I mean, that was really just goal number one was just even just helping him be able to breathe, you know, with people around. Yeah, I can only imagine how frightened this poor little horse was. And, you know, that really is true what you said about the veterans seeing themselves in him because a lot of them are so frightened and so eaten up with post-traumatic stress that they are very much like the wild horses. Yeah. And Booyah is, you know, so special. He, you know, carries all the attributes still of being a, a wild horse, you know, even though he's, he's gentle and even though, you know, now he, he comes towards people and he's made tremendous, tremendous progress. You know, if you look at his body, he's covered in scars and dings that you know that, you know, he, um, he had seen some combat himself, and he had definitely been been able to to survive. And, you know, I believe he, you know, Booyah, as all our Mustangs, they're just brilliant at reading intention. And I think that's what our veterans can do, too. They, 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 they see it and know it and, you know, immediately know how to respond to it. Now, what did your board members think when uh, you brought this horse home? 
Well, um, we were encouraged to, to see if we could return him and take him back. Or, uh, um, there, there was quite a quite a lot of, of that, you know, kind of what are, what are you thinking? Um, ironically, too, we were actually getting these horses, this new set of horses, because we had a group of ten veterans who were flying into Bravehearts from all around the country. Um, we were doing actually a five day clinic. Uh, with 10 yeah. veterans. And the irony was that we had never met any of these veterans either. And so here we had brand new horses and brand new people. And, you know, one of the wow. veterans was um, was blind and brought his, his guide dog. One of the veterans was in a wheelchair. Um, and so we really had our, our work cut out to see how we could partner together, you know, this group of horses and this group of people that were all new to to our crew and see how we could do it successfully. And I'll tell you what, never to this day, I mean, it could not have worked out any better. The amount of um, huge gains that um, both the veterans and the horses made in that five days is probably one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to see in my lifetime. That is absolutely amazing. Now, one veteran in particular, after Booyah had been there for a while, and after he had spent a little bit of time with Booyah, came into your office and said something that that really just struck me as very, very profound. Yeah, I think you might be talking about a gentleman who he was actually dealing with substance abuse, had um, tried to commit suicide a few times. And he actually came to us through a PTSD unit through one of the Chicago VA hospitals. And he got he had gotten the opportunity to work with Booyah in the round pen. And he was from Texas and ended up actually flying back to Texas once his PTSD unit program ended and ended up finding came back to Bravehearts again because, you know, nothing he had come up, come across um, in all of his different traditional treatments had really worked and resonated. And he, what he had relayed to me was, you know, nothing up to that point of his time in the round pen with Booyah had really ever gotten or held his attention uh, like that force was able to do. And he, you know, he spent, a particular individual spent probably the next six months with us, you know, coming to the farms every day, spending time with Booyah. You know, he was a huge influencer in Booyah, and I know vice versa. Um, both of them definitely, I think, um, you know, saved one another. And it was it was awesome to see, um, you know, probably one of the toughest horses I've ever gotten to initially meet and probably one of the uh, most toughest you know, people that I've ever gotten to meet to me in my life are probably two of the biggest influencers, you know, uh, I have a dear close friend now in that gentleman, somebody that I respect just about as much as anyone in my whole world. And, and the same thing for that horse, you know, it's just, it's phenomenal to see what happens at Bravehearts, you know, how people and or horses can come in time, like you said earlier of, you know, spending time, conscientious time, like building trust, and getting comfortable. And, uh, you know, that key piece of mindfulness and finding purpose and hope and even joy that only the horses can bring is, you know, something that's just simply extraordinary. And and we get to see it all the time at our farms. It's it's absolutely inexplicable to, um, to even try to, you know, say um, to you, but I can tell you it happens like daily at our farms, like little miracles are constantly taking places between the people and the horses. It's, it's awesome. Wanted to mention that this horse has been with you a few years now. And so how is he doing today? 
Uh, Booyah is doing great. He, um, you know, he's actually been under saddle and he's, you know, been, been ridden. You know, he's a, he's a model citizen. You know, there's still pieces of him that I still love and we still respect so deeply. You know, he still makes stud piles and, and um, still <laughs> has his, his tight buddy that, that he runs with named Maverick, which is also a Mustang. And, and they're pretty tight, those two together. But He's yeah. so good, you know, at us continuing to do our work because one of the things that has happened with so many of our Mustangs is other than a freeze brand, the majority of people that come to Bravehearts can't even tell they're a Mustang because they act like the rest of our therapy horses. You know, they they go in sessions and they go on trail to zero and, you know, they do all these remarkable things. And, you know, lots of times with the media or with guests, they're like, really, that's a Mustang. And it's like, you got to lift up the lane <laughs> and say, no, it, it really is a Mustang. Um, but Booyah still, you know, there's still a little piece of him that um, still has that innate, you know, wildness where he's just still always going to be a little bit more watchy and a little bit more bright, a little bit more expressive. Yeah. And that's still perfect for us to continue to use in the round pen. And again, to continue to educate veterans on, you know, the wild horses and about really understanding their behaviors and who they are and how we have mm-hmm. to work to self-regulate to, to be able to be in their presence successfully. Megan, thank you so much for believing in Booyah and for being so creative and innovative in working with both the horses and the veterans. I'm just uh, just blown away continually, and we so appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having us, and God bless. We really appreciate the opportunity. We're going to move now to Dr. Kelly Vineyard. She's a PhD and an equine nutritionist with Purina Animal Nutrition. She's also an avid horsewoman and a former PATH instructor and therapeutic riding volunteer. Plus, she knows the Bravehearts horses and the Bravehearts team very, very well. Now, Dr. Vineyard, let's first talk about the challenges of feeding such a large number of horses in a situation when most of the feeding is done by multiple different people. Um, such as a boarding barn or a university barn, or in this case, a a PATH therapeutic riding center uh, and their volunteers. And I just can only imagine that it's so important to have a simple feed program that everybody can follow. Uh, Yes, that is key, uh, especially when you have, you know, multiple volunteers, perhaps uh, feeding horses, doing chores. And oftentimes, especially in places like Bravehearts, um, Maybe these volunteers don't necessarily have a lot of horse uh, prior experience with horses. And so keeping a feeding program very simple, um, easy to follow, you know, limiting the options uh, that limits the opportunity for mistakes, which is also uh, kind of key. But, you know, I would say having a simple feeding program, especially in a large operation, large operation is, is always a good plan. That's always a good goal, whether you have one person feeding or, you know, 20 different people feeding over the course of a week. Uh, having a simple plan that gets the job done is, is really should be all of our goals. Well, absolutely. And I would really think, too, that if you're feeding a good quality feed, you don't need to have a really complicated, you know, schedule to uh, get the job done. 
Well, that's that's sort of the goal when we're um, formulating our, our concentrate feeds. We want to eliminate the need for a bunch of extra supplements. We, we do formulate these feeds specifically to, to supply nutrients that the horse requires when you follow the feeding directions. So there, you know, there is no need to come in and add, you know, extra copper or extra zinc or, you know, whatever nutrient that you think your horse might need in addition, because we've already done all the hard work for you. Uh, you know, the only thing we, we don't usually formulate a feed to have enough of would be salt. So we always recommend that people feed additional salt, um, because if we actually put enough salt in the feed, uh, to meet a horse's salt requirement, uh, it would be unpalatable. They wouldn't like the taste. Oh, got yeah. it. That makes total sense. You know, yeah. um, I, I was just so struck by Megan's passion and her sincerity just in, in her entire story and her journey with the veterans. But I, I'm particularly fascinated about the Trail to Zero program. And, you know, here's these therapy horses who, you know, are pretty placid and they do not the same thing every day, but they have their job to do. And all of a sudden they're trucked all the way from Chicago cross country. And the next thing they're finding themselves in Times Square or they're downtown Houston, Texas. And, and can nutrition really help them absorb all of that stress? Well, I, I wish it could help absorb all of the stress, but I'm sure that's an impossible task. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from, if you're a Mustang or if you were, you know, trained from an early age to to uh, be a parade horse. I think those environments are always going to be stressful to yeah. some extent to a horse. Um, I know uh, with Megan's program and with these horses, there was, you know, a little bit of a learning curve trying to determine like exactly what they needed. Uh, you know, building up to that um, because, you know, when they're at home and anytime you're traveling with horses, their needs are, are pretty stable. If you're in a, a training program, they have, you know, kind of calorie needs that you're aware of how much you need to feed to keep them at a certain body weight. But when you put a horse on a trailer and maybe go a thousand miles or 500 miles, it, all bets are off, you know, from what That's you true. used to know about this horse. So we definitely learned pretty quickly that these guys needed to kind of be ramped up a little bit. You know, they're, they're doing these rides in the fall. So leading up to, you know, the late summer and to getting them legged up and getting them trained, we also need to start increasing their kind of nutrition plane. So they're going into those trips, you know, carrying enough weight, carrying enough muscle, you know, they're going to be able to withstand the stresses of that journey. Uh, and, and that's worked really well. We like to use, Equine Senior Active, which is, you know, helps uh, is like a higher calorie kind of gives them a little bit more fat added calories, gives them the energy, the energy they need to kind of maintain that good body condition. And another product that we've used in that program, and I know they they use regularly is the Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. Uh, because, you know, horses that get on trailers, they develop ulcers, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a right. stressful time we can sort of give them the outlast before they get on the trailer during the trip. And then, you know, obviously while they're on the ride, that's the nice thing about the supplement. You can, you know, feed it actually up to eight times a day uh, to oh, kind of give them a buffering all throughout the day. And that is really, really helpful in these super stressful situations Yeah, to at least take one stressor out of the mix. You know, at least the stomach isn't causing you stress, you know, exactly. maybe it's all the loud noises somewhere else, and, <laughs> but uh, your stomach pain is not going to be a source of stress. Right, right. And, you know, I, I hate to admit it, but I've been feeding 
Purina feeds, I'm looking back, well, more than 50 years. And I have always had a relationship with my local Purina sales specialist. And even when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I talked to the whoever was selling the Purina to help me get the right product uh, for my horses. And I think that's maybe something mm-hmm. that a lot of the listeners might not know about. They might not know that there's a local sales specialist in their area who can kind of help them find the best feed for their horse and and really can just call and consult and talk. And, and sometimes, you know, they might even come out and, and talk to you. Absolutely. So. And, um, and in the case with, with Bravehearts, that's, that's actually, uh, what, all the information I have about Bravehearts comes from their sales specialist. You know, I, I've been to the facility and I've met Megan and I've worked there a little bit, but their sales specialist, Mark Johnson, there in Illinois, he is there on a regular basis. He checks in with them. He has helped create their simple feeding program of just, they use four products in the feed room for, and they actually have two facilities, uh, you know, countless numbers of horses, but we can get the job done with four products. And that's because Mark has gone in there. He understands how our products are designed and he can help them figure out what works best for their horses. Uh, One of the other things that Mark does is he goes through once a year um, with the barn manager, with Megan, they wait tape every single horse in the program. They do a body condition score and uh, which, you know, will kind of help us see you know, do we need to make any adjustments in this horse's program? And it's really nice to have that third party to come in uh, because when you see a horse every single day, it's often hard to to notice some of these subtle changes. Yeah. But, you know, Mark will come in. He may not have seen like a particular horse for months and months. So he can say, okay, well, this guy's, you know, either needs to gain weight or lose weight or, you know, don't change anything. Um, So it's nice to have that third party. And then um, I think the other key element and, the success at Bravehearts too is the support they get from the the local dealer, Cherry Valley, you know, they're delivering feed. You know, that's Mm -hmm. one last thing, you know, Megan has to go do is go pick up feed from the feed store. And many of our dealers, I'd say almost all of our dealers offer some type of delivery service. So, you know, for an operation like this, you know, that's just one less thing that you have to worry about. And uh, it's nice to have that extra support. Oh, for sure. And I think it's interesting, too, to note that you don't have to have a large barn with 30 or 40 horses to take advantage of this person who's in your area. You can have one horse or two horses or five, and they'll still help you find what's right for your horse. Absolutely. You know, and if someone doesn't know who their local Purina sales specialist is, all they need to go do is to their local local dealer where they buy Purina feed and ask. And um, if, if they don't get the answer there, they can also contact Purina customer service and, and, you know, give the information, you know, where you live and they'll put you in contact with someone. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Vineyard, as always, you are a wealth of information. I can't thank you enough for um, helping us with this very, very special episode of uh, Veterans Helping Horses. And um, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you for having me. Booyah is just one of many, many horses who make a difference in the lives of veterans. And it's difficult to say whether Booyah saved the lives of his veterans or if the veterans saved Booyah's life. When the life our little therapy horse led roaming wild and free on the range came to an end, he was unable to adjust to his new circumstances. And many veterans say they find themselves in a similar situation, unable to transition back into civilian life. But by helping a horse learn to accept and enjoy his new life, the Bravehearts veterans found they were more easily able to adapt. 
It's so good to know that a combination of love, good care, and management, along with the right nutrition, can unleash the greatest potential in every horse for whatever job they're focused on each and every day. Thank you so much for listening to this heartfelt story of Booyah on the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. If you missed season one or season two, you can go back on any podcast player and take a listen to all of the past episodes. Just search for the Horse Radio Network in the Apple or Android app stores and you will find 17 different shows all about horses. Learn more about Purina's many equine products at PurinaMills.com forward slash full rain. That's F-U-L-L-R-E-I-N. You can also take part in a feed trial. To learn more about that, just go to PurinaMills.com forward slash H-R-N trial. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for another story of an absolutely amazing horse. Mm-hmm.